Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am very excited to be joined today by Corey Bradford, Senior Vice President for Business Affairs at Prairie View A&M University. Hi, Corey. How you doing there, Megan? I'm wondering if you could start off today by just sharing the story of how you originally came to work in higher education. I'm from St. Louis. Um, naturally, I went to college, uh, and I was intrigued by what all of higher education had to offer. Um, and so um, I wanted to work in higher education because I'm a very student-centric person, and so I wanted to be in a position where I could help other students succeed in college. And were, did you always know that you wanted to work in higher education as you were going through your own college career? Did you say, as a freshman in college, I am going to work in higher ed? Yeah, I think initially I was looking at corporate America but I felt the, the the value added from working in higher education uh, would be more rewarding for me. And so that's why I chose a career in, in higher education. And was that your first professional job? Yes, it was. Matter of fact, I was hired into the budget office. So I started my career off in the budget office. Uh, I worked my way up to be the chief budget office for a university system. Uh, from there, I advanced to assistant vice president level of finance, and eventually I landed the role of the chief business officer. Wow. And when you first got into higher ed, what did you find challenging about that environment? You know, throughout my career, you know, I have benefited from people who really cared and took a genuine interest in my professional development, and they typically served as mentors or advisors. Uh, so I found that, you know, having good technical skills were not uh, enough to be successful in academia. You needed those soft people skills, you know, were just as important. And how did how did you identify what those were and, and figure out what you needed to do to kind of get up to speed? Well, um, you know, I have really enjoyed serving, you know, in the CBO role. Um, I've worked in higher education uh now for over 23 years. Um, and I think the revelation that came to me was, um, you know, kind of the big moment in my life was when I, I, I did a, um, a program at Harvard University, one of their summer management institutes. Uh, one of those programs really inspired me uh, to take on new challenges in my career. So I would think my, you know, I would credit my Harvard experience for 
uh, propelling me to reach my career aspirations of becoming a CBO. Talk a little bit more about that experience at Harvard. What was it that kind of sparked your inspiration? Well, it was the fellowship with the fellow participants. The faculty was outstanding. Uh, we learned a lot of wonderful leadership techniques and, and management um, opportunities. Um, it was just a great overall experience. And it just made me want to strive to to be a leader in higher education. And what was that summer program specifically? Uh, it was called the Harvard Management Institute uh, for Higher Education Professionals. Uh, it was a selective program of probably about 100 participants from around the world. Uh, I attended that program back in 2005. How do you think your role has changed since then? Like, what have, what have you done differently after attending? You know, one of the things that, you know, naturally you deal with a variety of areas as, as the CFO. Uh, you deal with the finance side, the IT uh, side of the business, as well as physical plant. Uh, but I, I see myself getting more involved with community and economic development. Uh, Prairie View a &M University is located in like a rural town in northwest Houston. Uh, and that community doesn't have a whole lot of development in it. And the, it's a small town with less than about 7,000 people. So I spend a good deal of my time now trying to spur on private development within the community to help the overall quality of life. Uh, for students and faculty and staff. Uh, some of the things that we have done has uh, included building a new retail center on the edge of campus. Uh, it has a bowling alley, it has a restaurant, uh, it has a lot of those retail type of operations. In addition, we work with the city to do landscape beautification uh, projects. And we're looking to build a new emergency operations center uh, with the city, with their fire department and our police department. Uh, and so we want to continue that effort and, and, and expand and work with private commercial developers to build other critical need items like a hotel, grocery store, and better housing for our faculty and staff. It sounds like you have a lot of different projects going on right now. Which one are you most excited about? Well, right now we have a, a football stadium project under construction. This is a $62 million project. Uh, it's a state-of-the-art football stadium and field house. And so we're extremely excited about that project. Uh, that project, as you know, in Texas, football is king. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking for, we're, we're scheduled to open that stadium this fall. And so our football team went 9-2 last year. They're Division One, So we're excited about uh, pursuing national championship here at Prairie View. You've been a CBO for some time now. As you think back over your time as a CBO, can you think of a pivotal moment that you view as having really fundamentally changed the role of what it means to be a CBO? Well, for me, it was a, a personal experience. Uh, I had just arrived on campus in about 2011 uh, into the CF role, CFO role, and we were experiencing a record heat wave in Texas. Uh, it was about 30 plus days of 100 degree temperatures. There was drought, 
wildfires were occurring throughout the state. And so you had to effectively manage that crisis situation. That, that's when it hit home to me the importance of this position in helping to organize, to communicate, to keep people calm during a, a, a tense situation. Uh, we literally had fires within five miles of campus, uh, but we were fortunate that we did not have to evacuate the entire campus of about 10,000 people, but we were truly prepared to deal with the situation at hand. What was the most challenging part of that crisis? Well, it was calming people down, you know, um, to let them know that we're going to be okay. You know, we had some students that had asthma and the air had smoke in it and we had to advise them how to take care of themselves and to stay indoors and 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 we had to plan for our off-campus site if we had to evacuate the campus, where would we go, how would we feed everybody, and so it took a lot of planning and cooperation among the team. And do you feel that the, that the role of the CBO has changed over the years to include more things like that? Or do you think that was more of a personal realization about just how important your role was? No, I think emergency preparedness is part of the CFO's role. Um, I think you'll find that on a lot of campus, the CFO has taken on the risk management uh, type of functions, uh, the contingency planning uh, type of programming. Uh, and the environmental health and safety type of responsibilities as well. Well, I can imagine during that crisis that you were up many nights worrying about different things, but what typically keeps you up in your role as CFO at night? Naturally, you know, it's the resources. You know, the current trend in higher education in terms of state funding uh, is not good for us. You know, those trend lines are heading downward. And so it's trying to find new ways uh, to generate revenues uh, to support the institution's mission. You know, I think it's important uh, for the university to maintain a, a, a strong financial stability, especially during times of, of, of state budget cuts. I think we also need to be more innovative to uh, identify those new revenue streams. Uh, we created a new executive MBA program that has been very successful. We have also looked towards more P3 developments. Uh, and so uh, I think, you know, you need to find ways to grow and protect your reserve balances. And so we really try to control any type of wasteful spending. You know, I've heard that innovation piece from a lot of different CBOs that I've interviewed on this podcast. Who do you turn to when you're looking for new innovations and to try to help you think outside the box? What resources are you turning to? Well, some of the resources is your, your fellow colleagues in the business. Because uh, a lot of these things, you know, others have done or have attempted and have tried. And so you develop friends, you develop, you know, um, colleagues at other institutions and, you know, you inquire how they dealt with certain situations. There's also research uh, organizations out there. Uh, we are a member with uh, the Educational Advisory Board. Uh, we also have involvement with Hanover Research. 
And so we turn to those organizations uh, to help us to find out what others are doing out there in that space. And when it comes to innovation, what do you personally find most challenging on your campus when it comes to thinking outside the box or doing things a little bit differently or proposing new ways to approach existing problems? Well, I mean, naturally, sometimes people are resistant to change. Uh, and so sometimes you have to go with the willing, right? Uh, and so we try to uh, make attempts to do things different, to think outside the box, because that's the only way you're going to truly grow and develop, you know. And so some, you have to have some level of comfort with risk-taking to do those things. Corey, what are you doing now that you never imagined you'd be doing 10 years ago? I would say it's probably more of the um, community type of development that we're trying to engage in. We actually have a partnership with our city uh, that look, you know, that's looking towards how can we help improve our entire community. Uh, also getting involved with economic um, uh, development chambers. Uh, we have one in Waller County and in, in Northwest Houston that we're involved in. We're also involved in a highway uh, construction project uh, that goes from the Gulf Coast uh, to, to North America. So those types of things are, were not naturally part of the original intent of the CBO, but has expanded over time. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like uh, big things that you're tackling there. It, you had originally, or you had referenced earlier, your colleagues. Who has served as a professional mentor to you, and what do you feel you learned from him or her? I have worked with some outstanding leaders, and they have all contributed in some way to my overall professional development. Uh, their leadership styles have varied from a visionary leader to a symbolic leader to a servant leader. I have tried to incorporate what I have learned from each one of those into my own leadership style. Uh, for example, I have learned uh, from a visionary leader is that you try to set uh, your sights on achieving some big goals and you have the resiliency to see those uh, finished. Uh, in terms of a symbolic leader, uh, that person tends to focus more on people's perception and would typically do the right things uh, so that others would want to follow him or her and their actions speak louder than their words. Uh, in terms of a service leader, these are leaders who really want to ensure that others are successful. And then by helping others to be successful, they are too successful as well. So I enjoy motivating and managing people to achieve ambitious goals. Uh, I feel it is a more obligation for me uh, to give back and to help others. Well, you're leading right into my next question. How do you feel that you support other CBOs in their professional journeys? Well, one of the things that um, I'm preparing to do this summer with my staff, we're putting together a, a business officer executive training series. Uh, and so uh, I am contacting a lot of my colleagues because there's really no training 
development program for our future CBOs. And so uh, particularly of small universities. And so we're looking to launch a new um, uh, training series to help future uh, business officers uh, get the broad perspective you need for this type of job. And who who would be attending that? We're looking for anyone that works within business affairs, such as budget directors, uh, assistant vice presidents of business affairs. Uh, we're looking for treasurers, controllers, uh, people in physical plant, because uh, IT... And so anyone within the, the whole sector of business affairs is welcome to attend that type of. And what sorts of training will you have there or do you anticipate having there? Uh, there will be workshops. There will be uh, simulations. It's designed to be interactive. It's designed to take place over a, a course of two years to complete the training series. Uh, it will have some fun, so we will plan some fun activities, but it's a great opportunity for people to come learn and fellowship with other colleagues in the business. That's fantastic. And is that something that you've seen done at other universities, or is that something that you came up with on your own? On a different level, I've seen some for presidents, but I really have not seen one for future business officers. Anything else you'd like to share today, Corey, that I've neglected to ask? To me, that there is no substitute for hard work. And uh, when you work hard and you're eager to do more, opportunities will come your way. I encourage any future business officer to be their best, uh, to make a good impression, to be passionate about what they do, be approachable, demonstrate integrity, and success would come throughout their career. What a great final note to end our podcast today. Thank you so much, Corey, for your time and for sharing just a little bit of your professional career with us. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Megan. Take care. You can find out more about Corey and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Corey and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.